Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's good, fam? What's good? How y'all living? Team No Sleep in the building. We brother man, bless as usual, man. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Look, we 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 back online. We I see some folks chiming in. Glad y'all are here. What's up, Lord? Yeah, yeah. Last night was tough, uh, but uh, yeah, had had to do some bobbing and weaving. I, I want to give a shout out to Miss Keeley Dunn for for helping me out last night. It was tough, but we, we made it through. Uh, Montel, how you living, man? Talk to me. Man, blessed, man. As I say, every Thursday, man, I'm able to do this, get up get up in the day, yeah. and talk about stuff we love with sports, you know, be able to provide for the family. It's giving, it's giving, man. I'm ready to get to the show. We'll have a good show tonight, I believe. Definitely, definitely. No, I mean, you're right, man. It gets no better than to be able to have these conversations. And again, folks, you guys know, I'll say our mantra and our mission again, we don't just talk about sports scorers or the, the athletes and things of that nature. We talk about the social impact of sport. Uh, we'll go through what we see as relevant from the, this week's stories. But tonight, as you saw from the marketing promo and from the information that we shared, we have special guests sitting behind the scene and the man is here and, and let me tell you something he, he came through look i didn't have to do anything with, with his with his visuals the, the young man came through looking clean look, looking like his daddy so I, i'm just i'm just gonna leave that I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna mess with him a little bit but we we are we are blessed and fortunate to have him on the screen I, this this is uh your doing brother montel so I'm, I'm gonna let you go ahead and 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 start with the uh, the introduction yeah yeah i like to introduce my man the man, the myth, the great, you know, my man, Ray Leonard Jr. Um, his father is the great Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, but, you know, Ray's building his own legacy with his motivational speaking. He's a former football player. Obviously, he's an expert on boxing, growing up in that, in that, in that lifestyle. I mean, I'm just honored for him not only to be uh, part of the show, but a good friend of mine. So let's welcome Ray Leonard Jr. to the show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brother, brother Leonard, how are you, man? Is that, is that, is that you with the phone blowing up back there? Huh? Is that is who is that with no, the? Oh, man, come on! My, my, my you put me right in the middle of the intro. I started ringing. I couldn't do nothing about it, so I'm like, okay, let me just go ahead and get rolling. This man got. <laughs> we trying to bring Ray Leonard Jr. on, and you got the phone going off. We think it's the bad phone, yeah, he, or you know, he, 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 he don't got know. the boot mobile happening right in the middle of the show. Come on, Montel. <laughs> <laughs> He, he clowned. He said, 
They want to talk to Ray. They want me to call. They call him about him. So you <laughs> still, away, man. They like is, is, is Ray? Is Ray? Is he showing up? <laughs> wait, wait, he is. What's good, What's good? How y'all doing? Hey, we we great, fam. We, again, appreciate you for taking some time. We want to be cognizant of your time and and but still have a conversation with you about today's sports environment, about uh, some current news, and get get your take on that. But first and foremost, again, folks know you, but let, let's go ahead and let you give your your elevator pitch as well, direct from your mouth, sir. Well, I mean, I, I got I have I have a long history, you know, coming from uh, you know Palmer Park, Maryland, you know. Uh, you know, son of, a, of two teenager parents. Uh, my father, of course, went, went to the Olympics and won a gold medal, did his thing, uh, changed our life. And we were living our lives in front of the camera before, you know, anybody knew what it was like. And we had the pressure of being like the first real black family uh, that was representing the culture uh, in, in sports. And so uh, you know, I, I cut my teeth and it taught me a lot to learn to be able to travel around. I got to meet Nelson Mandela. I got to sit with the Queen of England. I got to dance on stage with Michael Jackson. I got to play basketball against Michael Jordan. So it changed my life and my thought process from coming from the, the meager uh, you know, uh, stand, the place that I came from, from Palm Park, Maryland. We didn't have anything. And all of a sudden we had everything. So uh, I took that as an opportunity to say, you know what, I want to be better. And my grandfather always told me, when you know better, you do better. And so I I knew I had the opportunity. I played football and ran track and field. I was pretty good. I was almost made the Olympic trials for running hurdles. But um, I didn't have the chance to win the gold medal. But I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. So that was my gold medal. And uh, I, I said I wanted to change, you know, the the dynamic and change the cycle within our family. So I've been a, uh, a sports agent for, for for many years. I had about twenty two clients. I sold my company when I was twenty six years old. I got into finance business, uh, and now I'm doing consulting, motivational speaking, and uh, I have a new um, new situation that that, that I'm, I'm I'm putting together that's going to be phenomenal. That's going to change the game. So I'm super excited about it. I uh, just took over that as a CEO uh, a few weeks ago, so a well, lot going on. Well, don't don't be afraid to go ahead and drop that 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 breaking news right here on Team No Sleep. And if it's under the wraps, you know we we'll keep it in the family. If if you want to go ahead and drop something, we, we'll we'll let everybody else know on CNN and, and NBC. Well, there, there's two major things. I'll be speaking tomorrow on on a major panel on LinkedIn okay. uh, for BlackHome.com, uh, and uh, basically for Juneteenth, and, and we're, we're really trying to represent, and push, and 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 bring true freedom to our people. You know, mm-hmm. have a real conversation from financial freedom, from educational freedom, breaking the bonds of, of everything that we've gone through. So I, I just took an advisory position with them. And then on the other side, I have a new uh, application and platform that's going to come out about four or four events. So anything that you want from events that you can, uh, you know, log in and you can find, say, if you want to talk, find out how, how do I get shacked and to my, to my birthday party or how do I get this person to do this it's all going to be at the touch of a touch of a button so uh, you know, Cameo does the videos but we're going to do it all so it's going to be Cameo stories. is that right love that I love that I, I got a couple of things I want to dive into but I, I definitely would be remiss I want I want Montel to chime in as well because I know we want to talk about uh, your take on the on the on the world of boxing specifically today but but I'm I'm really interested to go into you and some more of the other activity that you're working on. But, but Mattel, let me let you go ahead and ask, ask a couple of questions. First of all, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my thing, let's, let's dive in. So the state of boxing right now, I think is at an all time. Hello. 
in this situation is concerned with professional boxing. It looks like the, the YouTuber, YouTubers mm. and the YouTubers boxing and all that stuff is now taking a bigger platform than it is than the professional boxing. And you being an expert, let, let's get your take on how you feel about that. Where is it going? Well, I, I, I disagree to a point that boxing is at, is at an all-time low. It, 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 it is not the same as it used to be, for sure. It is, doesn't have the highlights and doesn't have the, the same kind of mystique that it would have when, you know, our, our, my father and uh, the rest of the crew was fighting. But, we, I mean, we're working on some things. So I'm working with Marvin Hagler Jr., Thomas Hearns Jr., uh, Urshel Duran, Roberto Duran's daughter, to really give boxing back to the fighters. And I think what's happening with the platform, with all these YouTubers and everybody else, it's just bringing a whole other audience back to the game. And so the younger fighters that are coming up that didn't have the wide world of sports, that didn't have ABC, that couldn't, you know, yeah, be seen. Yeah. There, there, there is no, there's no power athletic, you know, you know, the police athletic leagues no more. There is no golden gloves as you really see anymore. So they're getting the opportunity to be seen again. And although it may seem kind of clownish sometimes, but it, uh, the more eyeballs sometimes means the opportunity for, for young people because it may be somebody that didn't know anything about boxing. They're watching a Jake Paul or a Logan Paul that said, here, you know, you know, it may be a fantasy to watch them. But then they see somebody that has a skill set. Like, oh, man, maybe I want to see this. So I think anything that brings the attention back to the sport, uh, I think is going to be great because there will never be a substitute for the actual real fighters. And you see that. Chad Johnson saw that. True. Robinson saw that. <laughs> All these guys are getting there. They can play boxing. They see that real quickly. You can't just come play boxing. Yeah, yeah. And That's the, good point. The thing I, I think I'm, I'm the more, more disappointed in, or I'm not, I should say disappointed, is just how does John Paul score a payday of, what, $10, $15 million? And a guy like Spencer Crawford hasn't even got a payday that big yet. Or Barrow's barely reached scratching that surface when he's been the champion for now the next four or five years, for the last three or four years. I'm talking about, I guess the state of business in boxing is at an all-time low. And I'm talking about within that realm, but the, the popularity boxing is growing. I guess I should have rephrased my yeah, question like yeah, that. No, no, I, I I give you that. I mean, the business of boxing, because it, it's going to be the, the folks that understand that boxing is a business that survive and not just the, the, the boxing purists. I mean, you can be the greatest boxer. Look at, look at Marvin Hagler. Mm-hmm. Like, he was one of the greatest boxers, middleweights of all time. Like, he was dominant, and he just did everything he could. But he didn't know how to understand the business of it, how to market himself, and how to put himself in a position. So it took him so long. He had to beat so many people. Finally, it was other people who had built their marketing stature up that got him to a place where he could do that. Uh, and you know, no disrespect to him. I mean, I, I love him. Rest in peace, Marvin. I mean, that, that's my, my Marvin Jr. is my homie. Um, but at the end of the day, this is business. And so even Floyd Mayweather knew that. So Floyd Mayweather, you know, he tried to market himself originally after my father as Pretty Boy Floyd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. he got no traction with that. And so when he became the bad guy, he came Money May, game changed for him. Because everybody wanted to see him get beat. He talked a whole nother trash. So right. you, it, it, you got to have the heroes and the villains. Sometimes... If you if you're, you're the villain, you, know, you may still be a good guy, but that's how you increase your payday. So that's the thing I hope to to, to impart on younger boxers and younger fighters that come up is that you got to understand, you got to be seen. It has to be a business. Whether you fight a YouTuber or whoever or whoever else it is, you market yourself, you get yourself out there, and your skill set eventually will show you where you, where you where you land up in the history and and, uh, and all the fame. I, I like that because again we. 
Montella and I were looking at it from a whole different perspective, right? Thinking that it was tarnishing the legacy of folks like your father, right? By having the Jake Pauls and, 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 and Lamar Odom out here fighting the Backstreet Boys and stuff, right? I mean, that, that just, again, because we grew up with Tyson, we grew up with your dad, we grew up with Hackler and, and folks like that, and it, it was it was real athletes. It was, it was no, there was nobody on this planet who didn't love your father, right? I, again, but then again, you start looking at these types of things that are happening, and we just felt that it was a tarnishment of that legacy. But what you're saying is the real athletes and the, the real folks that actually practice their craft will have the longevity. So this is almost kind of weeding out the, uh, the, the bad teas. I don't want to put weak words in your mouth, but this is kind of, you got to go through this evolution, right? Of folks who think that they can do what it is that the Leonard's and the Hagler's and the Ali's did. So you can get to yeah. the folks that actually are real. The exhibition is nothing new. I mean, Muhammad Ali fought the, who's the, the guy that was a wrestler, the Asian wrestler. Um, he, he, he fought him in, in an exhibition bout. So it's, it's nothing new. It's just that it's heightened right now because you know, you can put a few clicks out there and somebody has, has, yeah. has some Insta fame yeah. and they become the person and they demand a purse, which which it, it, that's one of the things I hate about it is that, you know, you like you said, you got Terrence Crawford, you got Javante Davis. I mean, I was talking to, to, to Winky Wright and and, um, and uh, Antonio Tarver and those, those guys because I, I was checking like, hey, what do you guys think? How, how do you feel about, you know, what's going on? And, you know, they, they had, you know, they put in sweat and tears to this yeah. thing. So it, it is. It is a little, little, little hurtful to them to say here. It's, it's tough to, to be able to earn it. But like Montel, you know, I mean, you you know from from football from any other side, it's like you have you have to build that presence and, and you know whatever the business is going, that's what it's going to be. So I mean, you may be way marketable. You may be a worse player. You may be uh, you know not as good as somebody else, and you may get a bigger opportunity. But you know, that's the game. That's the game right now. I believe you. You. You, you, you turned on a whole new light for me because I didn't think of it from the advertisement, the rebranding, the, the uh, pushing the brand out there again and, and giving it to a whole new audience. Because let's be perfectly honest, MMA has kicked boxes behind in the marketing and the promotion yeah. and the way things they've been doing. I think, uh, looking at it from your perspective, these YouTubers now will give boxing a whole nother branch for people to look at. Now I think it's up to boxing to kind of capitalize off that and start marketing their people, pushing those people, so people will be able to come see them. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it in a different lane too. From right here, female boxing. Do you think there's? Do you think right now is a perfect point for them to kind of start to gauge themselves? Because I believe the young lady who was the Olympic champion just went into MMA because I believe she thought there was more money there. But I think you're saying boxing could be that curve, especially for women to kind of penetrate that market and be, and be successful in it. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, shout out to Clarissa Shields. Clarissa you know, Shields, uh, yeah. you know, so I, I was so I was doing all the logistics and all the um, uh, background uh, marketing for for the Olympic Committee back in 2012 for the um, for the London Olympics. So I had Clarissa Shields and her family. I had Errol Spence and his family. Uh, so you know, I I know them to to a different level in what they want to do, and and she is. Phenomenal. She works hard. She is trying to change the game. She's trying to build something else. You know, shout out to Mia St. John, to uh, uh, Layla Ali, to all the uh, Lucia Riker, all all the young ladies that that paved the way for them to be able to do this. The co-minor daughter, Christy Martin, can't forget Christy. Um, I think it's, it's it's time. You know, I mean, the, the, the women are, are are bringing something different to the game too. I mean, if, if a fight is a fight, if, if you if you can get 
you know, a million dollar payday or two million dollar payday, you can get a, a, a you know, 250,000 buys on pay-per-view. You can draw that attention to yourself and show that here's your skill set. You know, more power to you, man. I mean, these women fight at a different level right now. I mean, you, you can take it and take it differently if you want, but you get in there with Clarissa Shields, she will put the call <laughs> on you. She know how to work them hands, huh? Yeah, she know how to work them hands. For her to go over into MMA, um, you've seen with, with Conor McGregor and all these other cats coming over to boxing, how hard it is to, yeah. to change the sport. And she had a hard time with this with this young lady. Like it, it, it wasn't just a walk in the walk, walk in the park for her first fight, but she was able to come back out because of her skill set. And uh, you know, I salute to her. But you know, I, I I'd love to see you know each sport value the folks that are doing you know greatness within their sport and appreciate it within that time and us not to be. ADD for every damn thing. Mm, that's a good point. There. I, I like that. I like, um, I'm going to pivot. I'm, I'm going to let see Montel going to keep us on point and I'm, I'm going, I'm going to deviate. <laughs> I, talk to us a little bit about growing up in that environment. Right. I, again, I mean, you, you were, you, you ran off some, some things that not everyone is going to get to do. Not, not everyone's going to get to hang with Michael like that. And not everyone's going to get to, to hang with the, with the queen. Like, that. I mean, those are some different kinds of things. And, and I'm just wondering how that, that impact of some, of some of those experiences were for you as, as, as a youngster growing up and, and how they continue to be part of who you are today. So, so it's interesting. So most, most people don't, don't, don't know my experience and they just think, okay, here we saw you on TV. And they don't they don't know that, you know, I was I was born into the terrible situation. It was 14 of a two bedroom house. Uh, you know, it's, it's not it's not you know, dissimilar from a lot of the stories that all of us have. But that's where I started. And all of a sudden they, you take a kid that has no background, no understanding of that is. And you throw them into the, the, the cauldron of, of life with everybody out there and expect me to know how to react or how to function. And uh, it, it was tough learning it from from the beginning. And also during that time, it was a situation where um, nobody wanted to see a black man being that successful. Mm. So mm-hmm. I, I had death threats from the Ku Klux Klan. I had to have a bodyguard from the time I was uh, in what fifth grade all the way up through what tenth eleventh grade. I had a bodyguard, six six three hundred pounds. I had to sit in my classroom. I had secret service detail. I had people trying to kidnap me. I had a Ku Klux Klan trying to kidnap me. So <laughs> there, there was you know also negatives to go along with with, with the positives. Um, so it, it, it was. I don't take it for granted for the experience that I was blessed with because not many people have the life that I was blessed to, to live. You know, good and bad, everything else to happen with it. You know, um, so. I, I would I wouldn't have changed I wouldn't change it for the world because it gave me a different perspective a global perspective, right. and I, I think that's one of the things that I, when I share when I speak when I go out on, on tour and I'm talking to, talking to young men young women about you're bigger than your block you're bigger than the area that you are and and you need to see that and as soon as you see that that you open up a whole new world to yourself so. Hopefully, I explain that a little bit. To no, you. no, I, I love that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at you know your your, your hashtag that you use, no better, do better kind of thing. But go go ahead, go ahead Mattel. You know, uh, and Ram, I'm gonna dig. I'm gonna cut a little bit deep. I'm gonna cut a little bit deep because uh, I think you can provide a lot of insight. Um, I know. I think reading one of your stories or reading one of your bios, how you were you witnessed some domestic violence um, within the situation. How were you in that situation over to overcome that? Well, first of all, how you were able to deal with it and overcome it, 
and now you can share that story in some of your, your talks. I've, I've seen you in some of your talks. You can talk about it a little bit. How are you able to share that with Because I think there's a lot of young people that go through that, mm-hmm. that same situation, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to deal with it at all. I mean, they, they, they either succumb or they just accept it as that's a part of everyday life, which you didn't. You knew that wasn't a part of everyday life. I, I think I was I was just uh, yeah I, I just I just think this is just for myself I I was I was thinking at, at, a, at a different space is that you know I there were there were people in in, in my life that I, that I saw that that moved in a different way than than what I was used to even though that we had mad dysfunction in my family from you know, my grandparents to my uh, uncles and aunts, uh, you know, my, my uncle uh, was a heroin addict for, for many years. My aunt was a heroin addict for, for many years. Uh, there was drug drug and alcohol abuse through my family. It was rampant. And, you know, if you don't know any better, you think that's the norm. And mm. that, that's what I grew up in. And so I thought that's what life was. Um, but I was blessed to see a few other examples of people. And I said, this, this can't be the way that it is all the time. It doesn't have to be be the way that it is, and uh, I knew that I could start from myself and I can make that change just in myself personally. I said I don't have to do this, and if I don't do this, then maybe this won't happen. If I don't do heroin, I don't do drugs, then maybe this won't happen. Yeah. It was just deductive reasoning for me, and so uh, it, it may have been out of the box. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think you know, a higher power was was kind of kind of giving me some guidance with that, and I knew. You know, my mother and my grandparents and everybody else was, was giving me nuggets because they were passing down the wisdom and saying, here, I hope you don't do this that we're doing. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, but, but, but so much of it is that we all end up doing exactly what our parents or our forefathers did. And we take on some of the bad traits sometimes more so than we take on the good traits. And you know, I wanted to try to just grab as many good traits as I can and try to move forward because I didn't want to continue to cycle for my family. Because mm-hmm. I knew the pain of the car. Because I saw how it ended <laughs> all the time. It always ended on the wrong side. And so, you know, you know uh, if, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, that's 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 definitely of insanity. Expecting a different result. So <laughs> that that was kind of my, my thought process. And it, it wasn't easy. I wouldn't say it was easy. I mean, I, I'm still learning to this day. I'm still learning to this day. You know, um, I had me and my my parents had, you know, had difficulties in conversation. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was going into college. I was young, 17 years old, going into college, mm. playing football and running track and field. I had no idea what, what, what was going on in, in, in life. And, you know, thank God I, I got some good friends that were I'm from. <laughs> but, you know, this this is what we're talking about. And I saw the similarities. And so that – and. The, 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 the biggest thing that, that, that I learned when I got to school and met my homeboys and met the, you know, my people that I, I saw in school was that you know we, we all want the best in life. We all want to do well. We just don't know sometimes how to do it, or how to break wow. that curse, the generational yeah. curse. Yeah. The, the, the intended consequences of sometimes of our actions or what we do, uh, you know, the excellence sometimes what you continuously do, those the great habits, it, it, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to break the habits of the past. And so, you know, once you learn how to move to a different direction, you're able to change, you know, not just your life, but able to change the lives of your your next generation and people coming behind you. 
That's good wisdom right there. That's <laughs> Have you launched your your book yet? Uh Ray Leonard Jr.'s Life Success Playbook. Has that has that actually come out yet? It has not come out yet. It, it, we 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 are we are weeks away. Weeks oh, away from I'm, I'm, I'm so over I, here. Look, see again, I'm dropping I'm dropping things ahead of time. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> it, 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 it has been a journey cuz I, I I thought I was going to have it out by last fall and right. you know, uh I've become a. I would. I, I want my first. My first book. My first situation to come out and be perfect, yeah. and it, and I, I kind of beat myself up continuously. I, mean, I probably should just just put it out because at the time, you know, we were having the conversation with my kids, what they were going through with the pandemic and everything else, mm. and probably a perfect time for a playbook. But you know, we, we're still in it. I'm still still going through with my my oldest son, my youngest kid, they're stress and trauma and everything that they're going through. So the stress and trauma and fear and peer pressure, all those things, they never end. So and it's never going to be a wrong time to do it. But, um, yeah, we're, we're a few weeks away, and I just want the launch to be perfect because I want the kids to be able to, to use something, the parents to be able to use a guide that's going to help them mm. be able to move forward, especially since we're coming out of this pandemic. So I think timing may even be better right now. Yeah, yeah. You man, Montel, you you have to stop me, man, because I, I keep coming up with ideas ever since every every time this man opens his mouth. So, right, what well, what you talked about the how the world stopped for fourteen months or so, right, with, with the pandemic and things of that nature and and mental health issues. That just makes me think of of what has been raised to our attention with Naomi Osaka, right? And again, athletes and and folks in, in prominent positions that are saying, you know, what, I need to stop. And I need to pause and take care of myself. And and I'm wondering wondering if if some of that is in this memoir in this playbook that you're doing. That's one question. And then two, are you going to do an audio book as well? Because you know you know folks want to hear you actually actually say it. Absolutely, it would be an audio book. Um, that's why I answered that first because that's the quickest answer. Yeah. Secondarily, was uh, with Naomi Osaka. I salute the sister from saying. Know that she has some mental health issues that she needs to deal with because that's a conversation that's way overdue. Um, from, from a boxing standpoint, from a sports standpoint, from an athlete standpoint, from an African American, from a people of color standpoint, to take away the shame of having a conversation to say that I'm not okay, and that's been one of the biggest things that I push for uh, because I've had lots of times when I wasn't okay, and I, I felt that I couldn't talk to anybody. And so I, I, I salute her for, for, for young, telling young girls, telling young men that it's okay to say when you're not okay. And I think the more we open the door to these conversations, the more we give the opportunity for people to, to speak about things like this, we, 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 can, we can change the culture, we can change the world. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited about what's happening with that. And, you know, um, you know I, I, I I travel around and I talk to you know the military a lot, and I, I try to talk to different different corporations, high school, different people, and I talk a lot about the destructive behaviors. Um, they talk about domestic violence. We talk about you know suicide prevention. We talk about alcohol and drug abuse. You know all all those different things that that you deal with that that can be a, a major burden to to, to life. And like we all want to have a good life, we want to be happy. Yes. <laughs> we want to live exactly. our best. Life. Right. And so if we don't figure out and share the wisdom about how to move forward, there can be no freedom, no mental freedom, no financial freedom, no educational freedom, no uh, spiritual freedom. So that's, you know, the more we talk about it, the more we push it out there, the better we'll be. 
That's some truth right there. I, I would I want to be uh, cognizant, raise this statement up here as well from a man, Charles Jackson. Appreciate you for joining in, sir. Mental health is impacting the black community in ways unrealized right now. And, that, and he's speaking the truth. And, and this gentleman also has a, a series and a very stream and, and a show about race talks in America and having those uncomfortable conversations. So he, he's on the forefront of also moving the needle right in a positive direction. So it, it's good to hear the synergy in what, what everyone's saying here that yes, take that time to look at yourself, look in yourself and take the time for yourself. Irregardless of, yeah, it's going to cost you like the, the Osaka situation It's going to cost you millions of dollars. Cause I believe she also pulled out of, uh, of Wimbledon. She says she's going to play in the Olympics, but again, th- this is now, uh, hitting her ch- checkbook, right? So, but again, it's it's way beyond that in terms of the of the importance of this conversation. And then, I'll just say, you know, the, the stigma that mental health issues and the conversation around that, typically with black and brown communities, you know, we we a lot of times shut away from that. We, we don't we don't want to have those conversations. Why? I, I don't know why. To be honest with you, I'm, I guess I'm asking that question too. But I don't know if it's a pride thing, if it's a shame thing, or or whatever. But we need to have those conversations. And I just I guess want to say I thank you for being someone who's out there having those conversations, especially with the youth, right? Because the youth are 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 looking up to folks in positions of authority, positions of uh, professionalism, and. You know, you look. We we've been watching you since Seven Up days, right? Since we saw you on the Seven Up commercial. So so we've been we've grown up with you as well. Us in our forties and fifties. <laughs> I told you I'm not going to show the commercial, but I, I I told you I'm just going to bring it up. But you know, it's, it's funny you say that because I, I always I always go back to what good what good is, is is a man if he gains the world and loses his soul in the process. Man, say that one I, more time. I said, what good is a man if he gains the, the world but loses his soul in the process? Man, the doors you know, of the church we, are open. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, I was a church kid, but grown up. But it, but it resonates because it, it, it means as I mean. So Mike Tyson, and I have known him for you know over thirty plus years, and, and when we had this conversation. We talk about that man, and, and and he's like, you know what? I had everything, but I was lonely, and miserable. Mm-hmm. Everybody else on the outside looked at me and said, "Oh man, you perfect. You should be happy." That doesn't. That's not. Oh, that's what not what happiness is built upon. <laughs> that's yes. not what. You know, and that's the conversation that that we need to have. So, um, I look back now. They have a documentary that's on Showtime right now called The Kings that that's out right now. So, it's a four part series, and they're showing, you know, the my father Thomas Hearns, Marvin Hagler, Duran, and showing you know basically that whole time frame. And I'm in every single thing, and I'm looking back, and and, and I watch myself at that space of time, and as a little kid, and like this is crazy that I was captured in in history. Yeah. But I had no idea during that point in time that it would be this impactful into the history of the day. Wow, I'm gonna I'm keep that. I'm, I'm gonna put that. I'll let you. I'm gonna I'm I'm put that in the description for the video. I'm not gonna bring it up on screen because I'm gonna tell you on Wi-Fi right now. And if I try to do anything extra fancy right now, it might break the stream. But I truly believe, man. I think the one of the things that both you guys touched on it in our communities. Honesty about mental health, health mm, is mm-hmm. probably one of the biggest issues. Us being open and honest, us not only having a conversation, but you got to start being honest with yourself. You got to look in the mirror yes. and say, "Hey, there's something wrong. I got, I got, I got to fix it, or I got to figure out a way to fix this." I think that part is one of the things that we don't address. And I mean, James Holland was on here, uh, a social a social worker. He was talking about it. We really need to be looking in the mirror and say when there's something wrong and be very honest with ourselves. And I have this machismo about ourselves. Like we could just get over it or like, hey, you know, it's going to be all right. Or frankly, ignore it. 
you know, sometimes we just ignore it and within our community. I can only speak to black and brown. That's what I know. Um, those things are there. Those those things are object or are things are objectives that we got to get over with. Um, you know, I was talking to a good friend. A psychiatrist is a good thing to have nowadays to have that objective conversations with instead of trying to beat yourself up and try to internalize things and figure it out. I think we're beyond these days because there's so much information coming at us at one time. So many things coming at us at one time. You know, we're not able to decipher and digest everything mm. in, uh, in a great manner sometimes. Some of us aren't able to do it in a great manner. So I think the honesty part before anything comes, you got to figure out what's wrong. And you have to have people around you in your circle to be honest with you yeah, as well. Say, that. hey, man, there's something going on, man. Is, are you okay? You know, I think uh, when we went through the COVID situation, one of the things is check in on your friends and family, you know, just to see if they are right. That's something that needs to continue post-COVID. We need to make sure that we are all right. Everybody's good. You know, hey, man, how's your son doing? Is everything okay? How's your daughter doing? Are you all right? Are your parents okay? Those little little bit tidbits, I think, prevent a lot of situations from happening. Um, and it, 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 it causes a lot of relief for some people. So I hope that's the first thing we do. I hope that's the first thing we do with this, man. Ray, I appreciate y'all as your honesty, brother, man. Like I said, I dug a little bit deep, and that was your personal business. But I know you spoke about it before, so I really wanted to bring that out so people can understand. You didn't come from just the, you know, the lollipops and in, in, yeah. in the $100 bills in your pocket, you came from a real situation that, yeah. you know, you were able to rise above and you saw it all. From I, I know a little about Maryland. Maryland ain't no joke. Be more in D.C. is crazy. That's a crazy place to grow up. From you to see you from there to this where, man, is an accomplishment in yourself. So, man, I want to definitely give you your props, man, from, from definitely getting yourself up out of there. And, you, and you, you know, your dad, great, good man from when I met him. Really personal guy, man. Really good kid. Really good, good guy. Now, I appreciate it, Montel. You, you, you've been a good friend because I, I don't always need a hype man. I need a homie sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And, 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 somebody go tell me like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 you ain't right, homie. Right now, you, it's not right. <laughs> so keep moving, keep it moving. Yeah, I'm gonna give you more. So I appreciate you all always. That's real talk yeah. right there. That's real talk. So, so right, you know, we we definitely would love for you to stay. So again, you, you saw how we got into social impact. We haven't talked any single score or, or, you know, what size shoe any LeBron is wearing or, you know, what Reebok is promoting. Team No Sleep is, is, is more than just the sports scores. And we definitely, I'm, I'm glad we dove into some things specific. I, I still may ask you some questions about what you're doing. I, I, I see you cooking too. So I, I want to talk about, about this food. Look, man, I, I do my research. I do my research, bro. Uh, so we, we, we could talk about that. And, and then, uh. Man, let's get the, get the basketball, what? man. Oh, okay. On, man. Oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to make sure. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got Five, five more minutes before I got to get out of here, man. But, I, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm open until, until, until right. that time. Let's talk a little bit about the NBA since that's the hot thing. Let's go with the NBA. Man. Right. Who okay. you, let's go, let's go we're, down, we're down to the final eight. Who you got? Let's, let's go. Who you got right now? Well, I, you know what? My Washington Wizards, they, they, they made a play. We got to the NBA uh, you know, playoffs. And so I, I was hoping that we could do some damage. And Russell Westbrook got hurt. Bradley Bill, I don't know what the heck happened with him, but yeah. down to these last folks, you know. And, and the, the Brooklyn Nets, if if they can stay healthy <laughs> to some point, mm. KD, KD just goes off, man, and, and he is a problem. He's he from Suitland, Maryland. He's a homeboy, DMV boy. So, you know, I got to go for saying the Brooklyn Nets have the opportunity to, to, to make some noise, especially from the east side. Um, mm. 
with the the West, uh, I'm looking at they Utah. Man, I know I know we got Clippers fans. Everybody out here, everybody want want, want to say something, man. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. Brooklyn down to the Bucks right now. Man, <laughs> <laughs> well, Charles put you out there on Front Street, didn't he? Just just let you know what the score is. He can't hit free throw, so it's, it's going to come back and bite him eventually, for sure. So I'm just, just giving you that knowledge right now. That's what Vegas say. So, but on the other side, and, and Mr. I, Leonard Jr. know what's happening, you know when. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, on the other side, man, I was I was hoping Chris Paul would have the opportunity to, to really you know play and and do his thing. I am that. I think the NBA might be after him, man. <laughs> they, they, they pulled him away from the Lakers. They they they, they just hurting this dude all the time, yeah, man. Yeah. But uh, but Utah was number one all year. They they play a well rounded game. And as much as I like you know, Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers, I think they are a little disjointed. And I think Utah is is a well rounded team. I think they have the opportunity to go ahead and pull it out. So as much as I don't want to see Utah in the championship, it's not sexy. <laughs> yeah, see, they, I like that. It, 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 it's not, a, it's not a great story, and I'm always looking for the story. But I, I don't know Utah. I mean, every time it's I go nice. to Utah, all, all the bars are closed at five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can drink coffee all day long. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm a little. No, you alone. can't have coffee man, because it's, it's caffeine. Oh, that's true. See, I can't have nothing. Oh yeah, lord, yeah, yeah. you gotta have decaf when you're there in Utah. For can't right, do so. nothing. That's all right. Shouts yeah. out to our folks in Utah. I don't want to lose no sponsorships. Yeah, yeah, it's, like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a beautiful state. So I, 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 yeah, yeah I, I think them and uh, you know uh, they they definitely have the opportunity to to, to do their thing, man. It, it is, you know, it's actually good to see some different teams and, and have the opportunity to, to get yeah. a championship. Yeah. You know, then last few years it's been like the, the Lakers and Golden State or whoever LeBron team that he was on yeah, for every yeah. single year. So, you know, it's, it's good to see some new blood. And these, these young boys can ball, man. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, I, Trey Young, man, Trey Young is exciting. Jeez. Oh, my ATL. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I can't. All my kids was born in Atlanta, so I, I, I can't, you know, not give the Hawks an opportunity because they are, you know. Philly, you know what? I don't know how many people you got for Philly on here. You know, Philly and DC. We, we oh, got here we go. Let me let me put him big screen because he's about to talk. He's about to say something. So y'all Philly fans is terrible people, man. And so well, the way y'all threw batteries at Santa Claus, the way y'all threw popcorn at Russ Westbrook, uh, you know, I I, I I hope y'all lose. I hope y'all lose bad. I hope Trey Young just just destroys them. And uh, you know, I, I, I like the two stakes. I like hanging out in Philly, but you know. Young, young, young Leonard Jr. is coming through, and he just throwing these haymakers like his daddy boy. I ain't boy. You, <laughs> he, oh, man. he out here swinging. That's exactly right. what I'm talking about, man. So, hey Ray, man, thank you for joining us, brother, man. I know, I know, like I said, we gave you five minutes. I don't want to, I don't want to, we don't want to your time. Thank you for showing, sharing the love, sharing you know the personal stories, man. Uh, Appreciate you. I hope we can have you have you again sometime soon. You know when your schedule when your schedule lights up a little bit. No yeah. doubt, no doubt. Brother. Put me back on. I, I, I appreciate. Glad what you guys are doing. You know, keep it rocking. I appreciate you, brother. Be good. All right, thank, thank you, man. Yeah. That's all right there, brother. But Mister yeah. Mister Ray Leonard Jr. coming through and, and dropping some bombs, just talking all bad about Philadelphia. Good hey, lord. Man. Hey, man. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta give it to him sometime. You but he's talking. But he's talking the truth, though. He's talking yeah, the truth. Yeah, yeah. he's talking the truth. He's speaking his truth. His yeah, truth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
and he and he he can take the the swings at him because uh, you know he he know he know how to work with them them hands and ones and twos. Yeah, yeah, he got so. some paws on him. He got a few paws on him for sure. Man, so but that was all right though. I, I wanted. I think we 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 got into a lot of good things with him. I, I I wanted to. I'm glad you dove a little bit deeper into into the into the who and the why and you know i definitely wanted to know about his book because i know that that was he was supposed to release that last fall and yep. i've been looking i've been looking on audible i've been looking on amazon and everywhere for so yeah if he launches that soon let's see if we can get him back on and have a conversation about and he's titling it ray leonard jr's life success playbook so so yeah that, that's that's gonna be nice um right on we'll be going now brother we, we didn't talk about the nba we, we didn't we didn't talk Talk madness about uh, Philadelphia. He he didn't talk madness about uh, who else. You I didn't. Well, I talk. I talk bad about game. Utah. Yeah, I talk yeah, bad about Utah. The boxing game for yeah. us. How, how it is. How to look through it through a, how to look through it through, through a different lens, which I, I really do appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always get that insight. I think, man. Uh, um, let's talk in general, man. I like to go back to Miss Miss Osaka, man. Like I said, uh, the, the young lady she pulled out of Wimbledon. Yeah, you know. Because she still feels she's dealing with her issues, but she mm-hmm. didn't dedicate herself to play in the Olympics. Um, it's a brave person to give up millions and millions of dollars to appear in a situation, um, and she knows she's just not right right now, or she just doesn't feel like she wants to participate in that right now. I think that uh, applause all the way around. Um, definitely, uh, I hope she, you know, whatever she's dealing with, you know, she gets it together, and she we see her back on the court winning more titles and doing more things. But uh, I'm glad she's standing up for herself. I'm glad she's speaking her truth. Yeah. I'm glad she's not letting money um, point her in the in the direction she doesn't want to go in. And she's just, she's she's becoming a role model, man. In my eyes, to be honest yeah. with you, I think she's really becoming a role model, showing people to stand up for themselves, especially when they don't think things are right. So I think that's important in our community. Very important in our community. No, def- definitely. I mean, and again, I, th- I think it's um, it's stimulating. The conversation, kind of like we talked about, right? Again, because if someone at her age, and I believe she's like, she's all of 23 years old or something, something like that, right? If someone at, at that young age can 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 have the wherewithal to say, you know, I, I need to step back and I, I need to make sure that, that my mind, not just my body is right, because like someone like, like Rafael Nadal, he said, you know what, I'm not even going to do any of them. I'm, I'm not doing the, the Olympics. I'm not doing Wimbledon. I'm going to take, take some time out to work and, and get my body right. But, you know, she's stepping back and saying both the body, both the mental and the physical, so, so all, all of those aspects. And, and hopefully more and more folks will go out there and get those types of things taken care of. I, I like this statement here from Laura, the stigma is real, but here we are, right? Here we are having this conversation. Here we are making sure that we reach out to, to each of our, our the folks within our sphere of influence, right? Call your friend, call your family, right? I mean, man, good Lord, there's no reason. We, we're not paying, we're not being charged by the minutes anymore. So we don't, we don't have them old school boost mobile phones where we were charged by the, by the minute. And you actually have, you, everyone got unlimited minutes. Call somebody well, in mean, your family. You got, so many, you got so many ways to reach out to somebody, whether it's through social media, text, yeah. email. Real quick, that's all you got to do. FaceTime, you can do whatever you want to do, but I mean, I think it's very important that you do reach out to your circle yeah. strongly and just see how they're doing. Make sure they know that you care about them. Mm-hmm. You know, even the ones you're in an argument with, just reach out to them, see how they're doing, make sure everything's a-okay because I think now is a time that we're just getting over this COVID and I think we're starting to see the situations in the news. All these things kind of happen. People are just outbursting with anger and frustration mm. and things like that. 
you can't tell me there's not a coincidence. You know, you've been trapped for 14, 15 months. Now you're all of a sudden outside and you're still you're still being in a controlled environment. You're not used to you used to be in freedom, do whatever you want to do. Right. You're still in a controlled environment. You must wear a mask. Please wear a mask when you're in here. Please make sure you wash your hands. Please make sure you don't gather with a lot of people. Even though they're opening things up, people are still requiring masks. People are, are, are at a mental state where they're tired of being told what to do. And we're seeing situations, unfortunately, like that thing in Atlanta where, where the man got in the shootout and then the mm-hmm. grocery store. Mm-hmm. Got to work. You know, yeah. Those types of things, man. I don't believe that's normal behavior from any individual. I think there's something going on where we're running into these situations. So I believe people just kind of reach out to make sure everybody's doing okay mentally and that we can kind of right. not have those situations happen anymore. Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. I completely agree with you. So uh, onwards and upwards, right? Just continue to take care. The moral of the story, folks, take care of yourself. Take care of those around you because uh, it's necessary. And and don't take, take it for granted. Don't take each other for granted, right? That, that, that really is something that, that's resonating with me as well, reaching out to folks uh, out the blue, right? I, I've, I've kind of done, I've actually got an app on my phone called Streaks. And, and, and within that app, there's actually an item that says, have I reached out to someone this week? And it's always someone different, right? Just, just to make sure that I just, hey, hey man, how you, li- how you living? You doing all right? Boom, just, just real quick. We don't have to have a long conversation, but just I, I, I'm, I'm trying to close that, those rings on my Streaks app to make sure that I reach out to someone, someone different. Well, it's, just let, it's just let somebody know you're thinking about them, man. Let's yeah. be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And that's important. You know, everybody knows you get, oh, man, damn, I didn't know James. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, it's good mm-hmm. to hear from you, brother. Man, I ain't talked to you in a while. You know, everything is good. I'll holler at you later on. It, it, it's that quick of a conversation. Yep. But people don't understand that that conversation can have a very strong impact on somebody. I you agree know, with you. I having, agree. A, having a bad day or having a bad situation going on, that could be the message right there or that could be the phone call that deflates that whole situation to kind of get them calm back down and back to, you know, back on, back on the right track. So mm. please reach out to your friends and family, man. And, you know, even acquaintances, you know, business acquaintances, reach out, make sure business is going around you just, I think it's really good just to have that open dialogue and communication with folks. I think it's, it's beneficial for everyone. I agree. I agree. NFL. Yes, football. Sir. Football. Yo, yo, yo sport. Something, yeah. something you know a little bit about. A little bit. A little something. A little we, something you know, you got, you got folks that, that line up on, on, on both sides of the uh, of the ball. Uh, we got some things going well. I still want to talk about the NBA too, but I, I really want to talk about NFL because I, I know we're running close to time, and I just want to make sure that again uh, we get this in before it's too late. Number one draft pick, Trevor Lawrence, injured. He hurt. Nobody saying nothing about it. Nobody saying nothing about it. Do you know? Have you noticed that? <laughs> he hurt. Hey, shh. Uh, season right around the corner. Look, I mean, uh, it, I mean got, he got some, he got some time. I mean, I don't think it's a major injury. I don't I know. I don't know. It's enough, to, it's enough to send him out of some training camp. That's what so, I'm saying. Things like that is 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 funny. It's funny. The NFL is just a funny. It's a funny brand. What I'm saying because you'll keep something like that on the wraps, right? You keep that on the quiet. Um, somebody that's the number one that has a major impact in the sport or supposed to have a major impact in the sport. You don't want to say anything about the injury, or the media is not reporting on the injury. But yeah, you know you're all over love. You know, the back quarterback at Green Bay, they're all over love and how his development is. And, you know, getting Aaron Rodgers is, 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 is kind of causing that. But the fact of the matter, they have him all out there on the front page just talking about he's not developing right. Will he be ready day one? But what about Trevor Lawrence? Is he going to be ready day one? No one's saying anything about that. 
No one, not, that, not even mentioned that he's injured right now. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of funny the way they're reporting on it as far as the media is concerned. I hope Trevor Lawrence is going to hurry himself back or he gets back and he's back healthy and we can see exactly what he's made up in the NFL. But I, I hate the way the media reports on NFL certain topics. Uh, we've had this discussion before. Yeah. It's just, it's, they do it. It's very unfair the way they do it. The media kind of covers it. Um, and let's talk about love and the Aaron Rodgers situation just a little bit since we're still on the NFL. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's not coming back. Not going to do it. Not, he, he I mean, done. It looks like he's made up his mind like, I am not going to go back to Green Bay. You don't want no um, one to do with the cheese heads or, you know, he, he, he doesn't want to do that no more. Yeah. So at this point, I'm looking at this point, what is Green Bay to do? Because you can only hold out for so long before you have to move on. Right. And I, I, I would think their GMs, I think their GMs are pretty smart or their general managers are pretty smart. I would hope they say, you know what, at some point or at some date, we need to start shopping Aaron around and seeing what we can get because we need to bring something. We need to have something in here. Now, whether it's future draft picks and getting ready for the future mm-hmm. or making amends now and get some guys in there that we can play with now. I still believe San Francisco 49ers would have been a great landing spot for, for Aaron Rodgers and it would have been great for, for Green Bay if they would have made it during draft day. Right now, I still think the 49ers has a chance because – that Guapolo is a dangling tool. Mm. They can go there and be a, be a temporary fix for them at quarterback, and they can get all the draft picks they want for the future. So I'm still not counting the 49ers out of the Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, kind of whatever you want to call it, lottery. Um, I know that Denver's very interested in certain other teams, but it's, it's all dependent on when Green Bay says, you know what, he's not coming back. We need to cut our ties and go on and move on. And I'm wondering what that D, what that D-Day is. Um, when I don't know when is a regular season training camp starts. When I, I'm not quite sure, but Green Bay looks like they better get on their money, or they're going to lose Aaron for nothing, which would be a travesty. That would be terrible. They could have yeah. got a whole lot more instead of losing him for nothing because he decides to retire from one year and then come back. So there's um, just there's just not a lot to, to to barter with, though, right? I mean, you've got someone at the caliber of of, of Rodgers who look, he's still out there slinging it at, at his at his yeah. advanced age. He he's still one of the top three four QBs out there. And when, when you look at what's out there right now, not very comparable. So how many how many picks do you get? Do you, how many first rounds? How many second rounds? How many whatever the case may be? But they have you're right. They have to make a decision really soon. To, to I think, I think let's be let's be let's be one hundred percent honest. If they would have someone would have made a move. On draft day, I think they could have got their whole entire draft for Aaron Rodgers. Wow. I think someone like the 49ers would have gave up their entire draft to get him. Because wow. why not? Aaron Rodgers goes to the 49ers. The 49ers are the Super Bowl contenders right off the bat, and they will compete with They would compete well, with Tampa Bay. Well, that's where he wants to go anyway. He's, he, he since day go. one, right, when, when he got out of college and he didn't yeah. get picked when he, when he thought he – was going to get picked. He, he always wanted to come back to California and, and, and do his thing with San Francisco. I mean, but, but, I'm saying, but I'm saying any of the teams could have really gave a lot for Aaron Rodgers at yeah. that point during draft day. Now that we're into the season, I think Green Bay still holds the cards, but now your teams are limited because teams drafted young quarterbacks they are, they're going to invest in. Teams drafted all these. So now there's only certain teams that don't have really good quarterbacks that want Aaron, that want Aaron Rodgers that was going to have to give something up for him. I don't think you can take immediate players now because it's going to hurt you. You got to draft for the future, and you got to have a, a temporary fix that's going to last you until you get to your future guy and mm. all that stuff. Mm. Um, but that window closes every day, it's shorter and shorter every day. 
who, who, who you're going to get what they want them to give because at some point, teams will realize that Green Bay's a desperate team and not us. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, exactly. You know, we're, we're not the desperate team anymore. You you better figure out if you want something for Aaron Rodgers or we're to sit out and wait, wait like he's willing to wait and bring him in for the following year. That's a year's of rest on Aaron's body. And don't believe for one minute that Aaron's not working out somewhere, throwing the ball somewhere. Just staying sharp. Staying sharp. So, so um, he he a veteran, you know. You know that's what you know. He he's 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 keeping his mind right, keeping his body right. He may be out there. I think he out there fishing somewhere. I, I think I saw some pictures. He was well, on the island somewhere. He's about to be golfing pretty soon because he's gonna be on that TV show, that yeah. golf show. So so uh, I mean, I, I, just, I, I I I hate to see Green Bay in that situation, but you know when a player's done with this situation, and granted, it, it's unfortunate that he has to bully his way out of his contract and bully him out there to train yeah. the, the, the train him. But if a player does not want to play for you, then why hold him hostage? Go get everything you can give for him. Yeah, especially at his magnitude. I mean, they can, they can end up with three or four first rounds for him if they if they if they make it right in the end of the next couple of years. Make it happen, Green Bay. Let's do something because I would love. I don't want to see Aaron sit out a whole year. I hope he's playing ball and doing exciting plays and becoming a lead MVP again. Yeah, um, it's just not going to be in Green Bay. Money and money is not the the issue. Money's not money the object, not the right? It, it it's it's really personalities right now because, uh, and we don't know. We're just speculating. We're we're doing the money money uh, money morning quarterback thing and just thinking of what it could be. But yeah, it's definitely not money being the issue. There's a couple of statements here that that were were asked and Charles Jackson asked, and I put it on the screen already. Will we be surprised if Rogers leaves? No, I think he's going to leave. It, it he, he's done. He he has cleaned out the locker. He has thrown his cheese head. Uh, foam hat in the trash and he, he, he has no plans of putting it back on brother. I, I think he is done. Uh, man, Tony, Tony Davis here. Happy birthday to you, old man. Uh, Tony Davis talking about the scandal and talking about Deshaun Watson. Look, Hey, look, we, I think we're the only place that has talked about Deshaun yeah. Watson and, and, and the whole ramifications of all that. I, I don't, I don't I have not seen any other sports podcast or stream or show really go into as much detail as we had. Uh, but, but I appreciate you bringing that up though, man. I mean, as, as of late, we haven't seen much happening in the news in terms of uh, what, what the, uh, the ladies that are involved and what his, no, his, his side is involved. The ladies involved. They only had that one statement and right. the lawyer that's supposed to have a represent all these people. There's only one person I think that, that, that her name, only one person's name is service. Yeah. But I'm gonna bring it. I, I'm gonna bring this back again and again. Why aren't the Texas being held liable as well? Mm-hmm. They they knew, if they knew, and they did nothing to stop it. They that's a crime. That is a crime in the United States. A man, you know, me and James goes commit a crime, and I see James commit a crime, and I do nothing to stop it, even though I'm an innocent citizen. But I'm sitting there witnessing, and I do nothing to, to prevent it or try to prevent it. I'm just as liable as he is. Yes, you are. In the of the state. So I don't know why the Texans shouldn't be liable in that, in that as well. Um, I believe this was something that was brought up from, I think this, this story was brought up from the Texans. I think they leaked a story like this or they really pushed for a story to get out here to tarnish Deshaun Watson's character as he was pulling himself to leave out of the situation and get out of there. But now they're, they're going to be left holding the bag. They have no franchise quarterback. They got nobody to really play that means there's no ticket sales. It's gonna be. A, it's not gonna look good. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, you, now, you lose the money all the way around. Now you don't got your guy, your, your best guy, and I'm pretty sure. Look, um, Hopkins Sean, is I, gone. Hopkins is gone. Yeah. Watt is gone. Watson, they, yeah, they're trying gone. to push out Watson. So who won't buy tickets to see see Houston now? See, right? They're gonna be giving them away. 
They're going to be radio giveaway tickets, right? <laughs> and, 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 and then we know that's all losing money. I mean, I know yeah. the NFL is a revenue sharing business, but that money that comes in the stadium and all them are owners. And that owners are getting, they're going to lose money regardless. Instead of they should have let Deshaun Watson go ahead and get up out of there. Yeah. Made the trade they wanted to. They they had the opportunity to trade Watson for Tua. They could have built around Tua right now and, and cut their losses and moved on. They didn't want to do that. They wanted to. They wanted to. Hey, you can't just leave us because you want to leave us. We're gonna tarnish your name and look at it freaking backfire on them right now. Now they they shoot them, they're shooting themselves in the foot because yeah. now now that they they don't have any trade bait because nobody wants to touch Deshaun Watson with the situation and they don't have a quarterback or they have any superstars there. And let's be honest with you. If you're a superstar player, would you want to go to that that organization? Because mm. they're not protected to Sean Watson. Nope. They're basically let, left him out hanging out to dry. Who wants to go play for that kind of organization? We've seen that happen in many situations where NFL players are like, I don't want to play in that. I think that Texas situation now, right now, the Texas are kind of a, a really, that's a really tainted situation and a really tainted organization right now that people don't want to be involved with. Yeah, uh, it you can say it, it's all business, all you want to, but again, no one wants to go work for an organization that uh, they don't feel respected and comfortable, uh, looked yeah. out for. Uh, it, it's it's going to be tough for them to fill those three those three spots, right? And especially now, if Deshaun ends up ends up leaving, that's, that's just not going to be a good look. So uh, they will not be on any of my fantasy football slots <laughs> at all. But I, I do need Rodgers to come back because he will be my my backup. Because uh, uh, I, I just I, I look I, I, don't, don't don't make me talk about my don't we don't want to have my oh, you mean big, 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 no, don't, don't tell me big. don't 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 we don't we don't want to talk about my your man. Oh, man, come on now. we don't want to talk about well we can talk about two other quarterbacks my brother <laughs> my brother jackson is, is talking about have you seen this uh, i guess Mahomes and brady on the cover of a madden 20 now yes. that, isn't that a curse that could that could be a curse it could be a curse but i mean there's also a rumor that the, the the gold package will have Drew Brees on there, which I thought was better because he's retired. Yeah, there wouldn't be no curse for there, and kind of paying homage to him breaking all those records. But I mean, you know, if they both on there for a curse, man, it's all. Good. I mean, it's all. It's, the NFL is going to be always some some new blood in there. But I don't care what they say. You can you can throw a hex on Brady. It don't look like that stopping that old dude. He he Dude, eating clean and you know he yeah. he don't eat nothing. This man, yeah, he he doing his thing yeah. and he he eighty five yeah. years old. And, and, and the crazy part, Mahomes is now healthy. I mean, he had his surgeries. Yeah. yeah, he said he feels really good. He's really healthy. Yeah. They beefed up the offensive line. I mean, Kansas City's going to be a team that's going to be really really hard to beat. Um, but again, we we got to they're going to have to deal with a lot of situations there. You know, Andy Reid, his son, who was a coach, got into that situation. That man's yeah. situation. Yeah, so. There's going to be a change in coaching staff, obviously. I don't care what any person, Andy's going to go through some hardships with his son, especially when he gets to a situation where he either suddenly that sort of court or sitting scene or kind of just dealing with the ramifications of that. Um, that, uh, you know, that, that real life is going to trickle into his coaching profession. It, it just is. That's part of part of it. Now, how those guys rally around him, I, we don't know. That's to be determined. Um, so, Kansas City has a little bit of question marks going on there. I, you know, I believe, you know, um, um Tampa Bay's back revving and ready to go. But, again, I think the one thing that helped them, they avoided the injury bug. Mm-hmm. Can they do it two years in a row? Which is highly unlikely in the NFL. It's hard to stay injury-free for, for many years yeah. and be successful. I mean, that you know, the, the league is not about talent. It's about who does get injured, who doesn't get injured sometimes. And that makes the world, that makes the whole difference in who 
Well, so talking about injuries, we, we kind of skipped over the story. We were going to talk about all of these injuries in the, in the, uh, in the NBA playoffs right now. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. To the NBA. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got your boy Kyrie down, you got, um, Harden was out for a minute. He's still a little gimpy right now, but, but you, you got, you got marquee players that yes. are down and out. You got, I mean, I'm a, I'm gonna call him the voice of the league. I'm a, so I'm gonna say LeBron is talking about. You know, he he's he's rallying around. Man, the the, the season's too long. Yeah, see, I don't. Know. That's what I he's saying. I, but but I, 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 I know. I, I, that's why I want to. That's why I want to bring it up. But that's what he's I saying, right? LeBron said, and I, I think it was a short turnaround. I don't think the regular season is too long because the season's been like that for years, and there wasn't injuries. Let, let's be honest. Let's be amazed. I'm amazed how many injuries there are because I do think because it was a quick turnaround and some of the, the, the impact on some of these guys' bodies. But these guys aren't treating their bodies or treating their, I should say, their after hours the same way as kind mm. of the old school guys are. You know what I mean? I know they lift weights. I know they're phenomenal athletes. I know they do all those things. But there's got to be some correlation with what they're doing to their injuries. Like Anthony Davis, there's no reason why he at the age of 28, 29 years old should have these many injuries to his legs. I mean, they're playing a sport which you only play four months around. Now, granted, from the bubble to now was a quick turnaround. But he got injured in the beginning or right in the middle of the season and been out since then. Kawhi Leonard, unfortunately, it looks like he might have tore his meniscus. That's a whole a different incident. That's something you can't train for or not train for. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's something that just, it just happens. It's a freak accident that kind of happens within your knee. Uh, Kawhi, uh, Kyrie, I'm sorry, Kyrie. He twists his ankle, man. He stepped on somebody's foot coming down. Yeah. I mean, those those injuries like that kind of just happen. Anthony Davis is an injury that, that kind of is kind of weird because his keeps happening. To he's his always legs. had problems. Yeah, he's it, always had problems. It, yeah. It's a you know, it's a thigh. It's a, it's a it's a strain. It's a pull. It's something that's really either with his workout regimen is not going straight, or his diet, or rest, or something is not going right for someone like him to be injured. Now. Other injuries that are happening, or you know, there's no injury to Chris Paul. He just got you know COVID, caught COVID, so yeah, he's yeah. got to sit out for two weeks. Um, but it's it's kind of just it's just kind of weird what's kind of going on, and I believe the NBA needs to take a look at it. Like, okay, what's going on? What are we doing right, and what are we doing wrong? And figuring out why our players are getting these injuries. Now, again, is it just a fast turnaround time? I say possibly, but let's be honest, man. When we were younger. We play basketball every day, five days a week, <laughs> all day, six hours a day, during yeah. the summer, all yeah. day. And and you know? and there, there was always a hard foul, right? Now, now a hard foul. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Now you, you you can't do anything, and you get called yeah, you for. Look, I used to get I used to get knocked down and get right back up. Yeah, so I'm not sure what it is, but I do believe the NBA needs to kind of take a look at it and figure out what's going yeah. on because. You can't have your star players being out. But, again, I, I believe in the next man, you know, next man up. If somebody's down, mm-hmm. it's, time, it's time for somebody else to get their shine on. And I kind of appreciate it with the NBA right now because now we get to see stars like – rising stars like Trey Young, Devin Booker. Yeah, Trey Young. You know, Booker's a you bad know, man too, yeah. Mm, you know, yeah. these guys that are getting hurt, now the focus is shifting on the Donovan Mitchells. Yes. I, I, I was so ecstatic for Paul George last night for him to finally – Get, get his deserving, you yeah. know, because he's always been the blame for their sorrows in, in, in the Clipper land. Now he's, he, he put the Clippers on his back and got them to a 3-2 three, a three, lead. Yeah. So it's really good to kind of see other guys emerging to stars. As the other stars are kind of hurt or injured or going out, these other guys are starting to step up and kind of showcase their talent and become, starting to become a name and everybody's starting to recognize what they bring to the table as well. So 
I think it's it, you know it's just a cycle, man. It's just a cycle that comes go around. But the NBA does need to figure out what's 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 happening. What's what's the what's the best way to do it? Yeah, I mean, because yeah. how how do you and, and it's apples and oranges. How do you you know the 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 NFL season? Well, they just changed the NFL season length as well. But you know yeah. that, that's a whole different sport in terms of physicality as opposed to you know the the need from an NBA perspective from a basketball perspective, right? More cardio, just, just the different types of things. But then then you look at soccer as well, right? You you up here, yeah. you you running twenty miles every single every single match. Every single game, yeah, yeah. And you know their their season is obviously much, much shorter in terms of how many physical games, but again the the endurance that's needed on the legs, on on the on on the joints, and things like that. So you, you're right. I think the NBA, NFL, NBA both need to take a look at really the length and the uh, the, the conditioning that's put in, especially off season for for these athletes, and just stay on them. Don't let them just go off off the rails when I, when they're not playing. I think, it goes further, I think it goes further. I think they need to start looking at the college. Because of college mm. now, if you're in the Power Five and you make it all into the championship, you play necessarily 18 games. You know that's from a college standpoint. Yes. You play, yes. you play yeah. 12 regular season games, then you play your, your conference championship, which is the you know the Southern SEC championship. Then you go on to play three more games. That's 18 games. Mm-hmm. You're, you're roughly around the eight, 16 to 18 games, if I'm not mistaken, depending on what conference you are. So you're playing 18 games. Imagine someone like Alabama. You played 18 games for four years of your of your college career. Like Najee Harris has, now you go to the NFL. You got to play another seventeen regular 17, season games, yeah. And then going on, you know, obviously we want more football as a consumer or as a fan, but it's not beneficial to the players. Yeah. No. It's taking its toll, the longevity. But NFL's not done. They don't want you to play long. Remember, you don't get pitched unless you play five years in the NFL. You gotta play five years on the team to get in the field. So the more guys that don't make it to that five years, that's less of a pitch, and they gotta pay out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I hate to say it, I hate to be that way, I hate to be deviant and think they don't think that way. That's the business side. It's the business side. That's what it is. It's business. Yeah. The business is to get healthy bodies, strong bodies. They make it at least four and a half years. That's the longevity. You already know that. That's all, that's all Jerry Jones thinks about. Look, we, 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 we can talk about all this other stuff, but literally what you just said right there, that's yeah. all he thinks about. Get four and a half good years out of him after that. Let's get him out. And the ones I will pay are my superstars are one of the seven jerseys, the one that got the names. Those Dang. are the ones I want to pay for long term. Everybody else is expendable at four and a half years. That is, that's the reality of the NFL. That's the cold truth. And, and, and not just the NFL, a lot of other professional organizations as well, but it's so blatantly obvious <laughs> in the NFL because they got millions of fans watching every single week when, when the season's in place. But that's just how it is, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think, um, you know, that situation, I think that's why I, I'm a big fan of the USFL coming in. I'm a big fan of the yeah. XFL coming in. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, of different types of ownerships and different types of mechanisms for these guys to develop. So by the time they do make it to the big show, which will be the NFL still, mm-hmm. they have enough skill set and enough ways to be able to say, I proved myself to last that five years to be able to get that life, that life on pension. Oh, from the NFL. Look, look, look at you just creeping into the next topic there, you know, black ownership and professional sports. I, I, I like how you just slid into that. Go, go, go ahead, brother. Go yeah, ahead. No, I, think it's, I think it's important, man. I think that uh, A-Rod has set the kind of the tone. Yeah. A-Rod and the, the minority ownerships that we have, you know, D-Wade owning Utah, part of the Utah Jazz. We're starting to own minor pieces of teams. I'm thinking with these expansions, and like I've said before, these expansion leagues like the USFL and the XFL, 
and all these other things. Hopefully, we can develop minority ownership, minority front offices, minority things. And I'm not just saying minorities. I think period. Every, everyone in general who they hire the best person, but really minority because it's been so disproportionate from the three major sports or the four major sports to now we don't have it. I mean, really, NFL has no black ownership. I think NBA only has one or two black owners. Major League Baseball, I don't think they have any black ownership, and hockey doesn't have any black ownership. So now these minor league teams can kind of now, or black or brown, I'm sorry, um, but now these minor leagues can kind of gauge into them and teach us how to be owners, gain money, understand the business part of it, understand how to run a team, understand how payroll and that stuff goes. All those aspects you kind of kind of learn as, as ownership, these will be breeding grounds for us to grow yeah. and start leaving our legacies. And as those organizations and minor leagues kind of grow and start making money, now we'll see how things kind of start to tip their way, tip their hat. I think we're tired of being the minor minority ownership. Only yes, 3% sir. Only yes, 10% sir. Those things, you have no decision power when you're in that, that small percentage. You really don't. I know people that own my, I know, I know personally people that own a professional team, and he's a minor owner. He really has no say in the day-to-day operations with the game. He's just an owner. Like he just, just get a great seat during, during the yeah. game, and that's <laughs> it, right? You know, <laughs> and, he gets, and he gets a check at the end of the day. So, so I believe, you know, people got to kind of understand just as we're taught process of becoming athletes and how you perfect your class and being protect, perfect your craft and being an athlete. Yeah. I think it's time for us to perfect our craft and being business people in the sports industry, being crafted, you know, honing our craft and how to be owners, honing our craft on how to be GMs, honing our craft on how to be scouts, honing our yeah. craft on how to be all these different aspects to go on to be, you know, a professional team. And we can do that at the minor level and then gradually graduate ourselves into the major level. Yeah, love that. I love that. I mean, we start starting to see some of it starting to, to creep in, and again, but it's the minority ownership. I mean, so the you know what Dwayne Wade is doing in uh, Utah, um, yeah. and you know what what Mike is doing with with yeah, Shaq, uh, Shaq with, is one of them. Yeah. Well, Sacramento. yeah, Shaq owns that, you know, a little bit of Sacramento, but you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's still that that small piece. We we need to get above that fifty percent in terms of uh, of ownership and and and. Writing checks and, and collecting checks. We need, we need to be on both both sides yeah. of that transaction. So exactly, and I, I think I think it would just you know it opens up so many avenues and so many doors yeah. for every for people, everyone that's involved, and people in, and people in those communities. You know, uh, providing jobs, understanding that you know hey, it's okay to have a black jazz band perform at halftime because our fan base will appreciate uh, it. Just man. Well, we'd act a fool. We'd be so we'd be grinning from ear to ear if it was yeah, like yeah. HBCU would have time out there. <laughs> but, well, it, but, it's, but it's just like that. I mean, like we yeah. appreciate the person yeah. that's juggling the plates and the person that's juggling, you know, juggling fire. Yeah. Let's we can cater to you know black audiences as well, yeah. and, and we yeah. can get that same response. And all those different things, man. I think I think it's just gonna be a good look, man. I just hope I hope we were able to jump on those opportunities and be able to make something out of it, you know, and then. Uh, before we got to get out of here, man, we got to give a shout out to Juneteenth. Yes, sir. Hey, you know, official holiday. I'm, I'm going to take the yeah, day yeah, off yeah. irregardless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can. I can't do that right now. Um, but, I, I mean, next year, hey. next year is going to It's a jump off. But, I mean, you know, just. Uh, the day I mean, was now, a good day. Um, and, man, I'm just we're moving in the right direction in a lot of things socially. Yeah. And we're moving in, I think, in the wrong direction to some things like that cancel culture thing. I'm not, I'm not with that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in that so much to say. I think uh, people that are, you can't hold somebody accountable what they did 10 years ago or 15 years ago. We've evolved and changed. Yeah. Um, 
you know, as long as you acknowledge you made a mistake and you're different from that person, let's move on. As long as it's not criminal or didn't really hurt nobody, um, people shouldn't be held. I don't think should be held too much accountable for it. Because um, I'm not the same person I was when I was 18 years old. I'm not the same person when I was 20 yeah. years old. Matter of yeah. fact, I'm not the same person I was as yesterday. That's true. So, <laughs> That's true. So uh, that, they can move that. But if they want to push that agenda, you know, start with us black people. If you want to talk about what's done in the past and you want to bring it to the forefront and compensate, and compensate us and acknowledge us, Talk about how you took us from the, from the motherland, brought us over here on boats, enslaved us, you know, made us work on plantations, made Talk us about pick it, your yeah. agriculture, made us build your structures, made us do everything, made enslaved us. When we were free, you didn't give us the right to vote. You didn't give us anything. You went, Then when we came to a certain situation, you, you forced us to go to war for the United States. We asked back to that. You put us in communities that were not affluent or communities that were poor. Then you flooded those communities with drugs to, to fund your war with the Contra war, the Contra war in the million back in the, uh, uh, South America, uh, you poison our people with alcohol, menthol cigarettes, and so on. So if you want to start pointing the finger about cancer culture, you better look in the mirror. <laughs> you, you better you, do that, Michael Jackson. Folks, yeah. yeah. I, get I, all I, of us folks of color and start and start and start explaining yourselves with that first yeah. before you just start picking on people that are under camera and in situations or people that are on TV and holding them accountable for things that they did years ago. And don't want to dismiss it because I'm tired of that African-American culture or African-American history is the only history that people say, oh, we need to forget about that. Slavery happened so long ago. That's not there no more. Really? There was one well, state that just every- passed something uh, against that. I can't recall which, which state it was that just passed something like that. I, I have to look it up. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. We're the only ones that's asked to forget our history. We're always we're, we're taught to remember what happened with the, with the Jewish history. We're taught to happen what happened with Native American history. We're taught to remember what happened in the Spanish War and their and their 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 issues they have with the United States when they took over when they took over. But our history, they want us to forget. They want us to forget. They don't want us to acknowledge it. They only want to go back so far that there was slavery, and now we want to talk about Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe French Douglas or George Washington Carver in there. We'll throw a few other people in there, but. They want to forget all that other yeah, stuff that yeah. in between them. Don't, don't, don't forget so, it. Don't forget You, yeah, you, you got to you 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 talk about it. Good, you want to cancel culture, don't forget it at all. Bring, bring it all up. Let's, let's bring, bring it all up. You know, if you, you, want, you want to put it all out there, let's put it all out there. <laughs> now, one thing I saw today that actually was good, and, and, and so, so I watched the ceremony of when uh, Biden signed the declaration of making Juneteenth an actual federal holiday. Before he got on, Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris, made it known to everyone in the room, everyone watching, that this building that we are standing in was built by slaves, right? And, and sometimes you, you have to you have to state things like that to to understand the the importance and 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 the relevance, especially of this particular event that's happening today. And I was I was really happy that she took that you know that half a second and made that known to everyone who was. All the TV stations obviously stopped. I'm watching CNBC. I'm watching the financial news, and, and you know they broke into that. But the fact that she mentioned that particular piece helped to resonate it as as well to let folks know that you know, yeah, we signed in some documentation today, but there's still a lot of stuff that we have to get, uh, we have to work through, and we have to talk about within this, within this, uh, within this country. Absolutely. I mean, we're, 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 there's, we're we're equal in some ways, but when it comes to history and uh, know being oppressed against we're not equal. yeah it's not it's not an equal i mean and i wouldn't say we're equal we just have equal opportunities a lot more equal opportunities now um as far as getting education um as far as you know 
having opportunities to work and you know work and make a good living for ourselves. But let's be you know with it being so disproportionate where our communities our our, our communities that are low income are so predominantly in major cities I should say are so predominantly black and brown yeah. with limited opportunities. Then it's not equal. You're still that's still an oppressive situation. That person that's in that neighborhood doesn't have the same opportunities as a kid in the middle of class to be able to make it out of high school or make it out of the situation just because of the social impact things that are going on. You know, that's survival mode in those communities. True. Survival modes are, are, are a lot harder and a lot more difficult to navigate through than, hey, you know, what's my, what I'm going to wear tomorrow, <laughs> you know, in the middle class neighborhood. <laughs> or, you know, I know, that, I know there's issues. Yeah. I'm middle class, so I know there's always issues and there's things like that, but my issues are far less better than the issues that are going and going on in those areas, um, and I, that's where it's not equal at all. And the opportunities are not equal, and the, the school books are not equal. The mm-hmm. computers in the, in the classrooms are not equal. The quality of teaching is not equal. So until those things get on an equal level playing field, it's never going to be an equal opportunity for all of us. So, but no. at least we're inching, we're inching closer and closer and closer, man. Hey, so, every, every day we keep lacing them up and just getting out there and, 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 and fighting the battle. And I think that's what we do. We are equal on statistical data, but not in actual job accountability. Good statement there, Mr. Davis. Appreciate that. That's a good statement. Um, I, I think we should hold the other story we were going to do yeah. until next week because there'll, there'll probably be some, some more advancement in that. And I think what, the, the topic that we just had just now is a, is a great, great way to, to close out the week. So, uh, yeah, next, next week. We'll, and, and again, it's, it's different looks of people in, in, in leadership positions, especially within sports. So it's, it's about, uh, Becky Hammond out there interviewing for some, uh, some positions with some various NBA teams. And, and we hope she gets a, a, a righteous look. At, at possibly taking over that at head coaching position. But I think there'll be some more activity happening over the week. And we'll talk about that next week as that unfolds. But brother, good show. Good show. Good, good session today. We we had some folks come in and, and provide some good comments. We we had Ray Leonard Jr. In the building. Uh, how, how you feeling? I feel good, man. I want to be able to continue to, to have more, more uh, interesting people on our show. Yeah. I want to be able to have more dialect. I want to be able to have, be able to look through those different lenses and be able to give us different perspectives on different topics. Like we said, not just sports, but the social impact of sports. So, Bro, you, you feel, look at you. Time to go eat now, brother. Look, we, <laughs> we do it. We doing it, folks. Again, thank you. Oh, shoot. What he, what he rocking? I, well, I'm, 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 don't, 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 his, dad don't. Was a man. his dad was a man, but he, he got a whole second fiddle to this, this one right here. Oh, man, I'm glad he's not on the screen right now. Hopefully he don't watch this last segment of the show. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and close it, man, before we get in trouble. Appreciate y'all. We out. Thank you again. Team No Sleep. Y'all be good to yourselves.